Joe was like, she, I mean, she literally was like, as we pulled into your neighborhood, like, she was like, don't do this, don't do Why? this. Why? Because she was like, do not show up at their house. Does, like, she think, a, does she think that I'm uptight? And I, well, no. She must, does she? No. Does she not like me? Joe? Yeah. No, did oh, you not know who I was, you were buying time there. You were trying to think of a good response. You knew exactly who I was talking about. <laughs> I did, I was trying to buy time. Hey, I like your hat. Hat? Oh, this? This thing? I do hey, this you, you need new tires on your car? Camry? You're buying time. She doesn't like me, does she? Huh. Who, Joe? Hmm. <laughs> <coughs> Interesting. Okay, so anyway, she didn't want to come over? No, she she did not like the idea of showing up on you guys unannounced and pranking you. Because, yeah, we pulled into the driveway and the kids, like, come barreling out. And I was like, oh, okay, kids, they're not home. Come on. And they were like, oh. How did you know I wasn't home? Did you go to the door? I could look into the garage. Oh, no cars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sarah was at... Sarah was out of town. <clears throat> she missed the marriage sermon. with Kayla at an anime convention. Oh, that's right. How Kayla's was friends. that? Uh, she said it was great. Good. Yeah. Sarah said it was great? Yeah. Oh, really? She said it was so cool. The girls were really excited and they, they had like this really fun time and and uh, yeah. Um, she said that at, there are different times where she said, well, I'll just, I'll go off and do my, you know, I'll like, yeah. sit in the corner and work. And she's like, Kayla's like, no, stay with us. I want you to see this or that. And she's like, well, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I think that's good. So anyway, she was gone. Um, I just had Cameron and Leah and Bob and Mary had brought them to church. Mm -hmm. And then um, we had that meeting, of course. And after that meeting, Leah's like, I haven't had anything to eat. Poor kid. I know. I'm like, because you don't have any food in your house. No, no food. Mm -mm. <clears throat> Only breadcrumbs. So, I was like, okay, to try to figure out something in between here and there, that kind of deal. So yeah, that's where we were. That would have been so fun. I wouldn't have let you leave. That that's what would have happened. Oh, and your kids and your well, I'm sure your kids are excited to go to Hans. But, yeah, but you know, like, how do you unwind something? I got bit something? by a fish. Have you? Did you know this? Yeah, the fish bite. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's how you catch them. Did you know that? No, it bit my skin tag. <gasps> and like, oh no, I Greg Taylor got nipped on a mole. Uh, uh, one of my kids got nipped on a mole. I I did not know. They thought it was a worm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just... I'm si Yeah, I got a Band-Aid on it. He, like, partially ripped it off. Ew. And I was like, do I just rip it all off or... So, yeah. so I was just sitting there floating. And all of a sudden, I, I get nabbed, like it's, like, on the inside of my arm. You know, like, <laughs> a couple inches from my armpit, you know? I get, I get nabbed. And I'm like, ah! And I closed him into my armpit. I caught him in my armpit. 
and he's got that little ridge on his back. You know what oh, he Oh yeah, that's spiky. Little, yeah, that hurts. So I, I pinch him in there, and he starts flapping all crazy. And I'm like, ow! I mean, like it hurt. He was all up in there. So and then I come out, and I'm bleeding. Ew. Yeah. I hope. Would you? Would, how did you address that? Oh, it was just a little blood. My skin tag was bleeding. <clears throat> but then, but then Greg Taylor was convinced that that would attract sharks. So he got out. <laughs> did, did he tell the kids? <laughs> yeah. Well, blood in the water, kids. Yeah. Every now man, the bull sharks. Every come. man for themselves. <laughs> yeah. So it was a fun lake day, yeah. though. But yeah, we showed up to your house. I was going to prank you mm-hmm. and just show up with all the kids in the swimsuits and be like, we're here. But Joe, she, she was mortified. Yeah. We really are quite welcoming. Yeah. I invited you to park in the garage when you got here because of the rain. It's true. That was really more because I didn't want you to come in like a drowned rat <laughs> beyond video. Luckily, it stopped. It did, didn't Although, it? Uh, this is not my best looking day. I told you as I got here. We hosted our first uh, large group sleepover last night. So, so this is Peyton's friends. Yeah, so she's, I mean, she's done like a one-on-one sleepover, mm-hmm. but they just started doing kind of group ones this year, Yeah, this summer, and so the Frohearts have hosted one, the campers have hosted one, it was our turn to host. So yeah, we had uh, we had all them girls uh, up. So how many? It was just four of them. Four plus Peyton? Uh, no, so four okay. total. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And uh, yeah, they... They were up giggling, talking, playing, and then, you know, I slept light all night, and mm-hmm. I heard, I don't know, they must, uh, they must be part camel, because they came upstairs probably four or five times to get water, I think, I don't know, because that was the thing, like, I don't want to, I want, we want our house to be fun, mm-hmm. we want our house, you know, I don't want them to be like, oh, like, the bells, every time we get up, they come and say, what are you doing, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. but like, Everything inside of me was like, someone's in the kitchen right now. It's three thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. What's happening? Mm-hmm. Like, in my house, like I would, I would typically get up and be like, "What are you doing? Yeah. Go to bed." Yeah. But like, I was like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm sure if something's wrong, I'll find out. But now you got the aftermath. Oh yeah. Did that keep the other kids awake? That's that's the question I have. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. We'll see how everybody. Really does today. Yeah, you're going to really find out. Yeah. As all the all the kids are bickering with each other all day, <laughs> yeah. tired and fighting and yeah. Hey, you got a full day and night, so what do you care? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it worked out pretty well. Mhm. <laughs> yeah. You get home about 8 o'clock tonight after they're all in bed. Mhm. Honey, how how'd it go? Yep. She's all frazzled. Oh yeah. She's going to be napping today. <laughs> Cuz yeah, they were they were up at, by 6 30, I think. Awake at 6.30? Yeah. Why? <laughs> they, were, they were up. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I come out around 7, Joe's making pancakes and stuff. and Yeah. Man. I remember those days. We had we had one house that we'd really like to go to because their parents were divorced. And so the dad did free care for all we did. Yeah, yeah, we just roamed their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, which terrifies me to think about our kids roaming the neighborhood at night right. with their friends now 
you know, but then. Oh, we did too. I don't know if if she even shared the stories, but we, we had a house and I was, I was middle school and same thing. They would let us kind of just roam Mm -hmm. and we used to do pranks, you know? So there's, there's this street in Fort Myers because it's the city of Palms. Yeah. And so they have like a palm tree, like every 15 feet, Mm -hmm. like all the way down the street for miles and miles and miles. And that, it was like two blocks away from their house. We used to fill up water balloons and we'd hide behind the trees, you know, and as cars come by, you toss them out there, boosh, you know, and we one time did this and it was not, somebody had told us it and it was not. You threw a cinder block off of a bridge? No. <laughs> but we took duct tape from tree to tree. Oh, yeah. And then as the car drove through, they would hit the brakes and it would, you know, it, it hit the car and wrap around because they wouldn't, they'd be like, what is that? Reflect, you know, like. And if it, they came from the other way, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't matter. But one time we did get a car from that way and it wraps around the whole car so they can't get out. So they're like yelling at us. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was not, that was not very good. We, uh, there was a friend of mine who had a fake armadillo and he tied it to a string. <laughs> and so we'd hide in the bushes and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> And it was at a four-way stop, and so cars would be slowing up, yeah. and then as they would, you know, get approach the intersection, we would pull the armadillo across the street, and you'd be like, "What was that?" You know, <laughs> this guy he called it armadillin it, armadillin it. This is like a, I don't know, what was one of those eighty bands, eighties band songs. Anyway, that's what he thought. Nice. Are you getting it? Are you? I don't know what the words are. I don't know. Uh, what's what group? Yeah, forget it. I'll I'll go in this loop forever. Mm-hmm. Speaking of water balloons, did you see that little Nolan Ryan Nolan Ryan Jr. in girl form whip that water balloon at the back of Mike Pence's head? That parade. No. Did you see that? It was like right after the debate. He was walking in a parade. <laughs> you could hear somebody say "now," and this girl just lasered it and just demolished him. He's got that really beautiful white head of hair. Just she get in trouble? Uh, I would imagine you can't throw stuff at Mike Pence. Well, let's. It was like not. It was they had already passed, and he, all of his people were kind of surrounding yeah. him. You know, and that group was gone, and she just. I don't know how she did. It's like right through, and just yeah. No, they didn't stop. They just kept going. And to his credit, he's just like, it's, you know, like it never happened. That's what you have to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't turn around and go Hulk on everybody. Who threw that? Are you kidding me? Go grab a kid by your shirt. Did you throw that? <laughs> the one time we got in big trouble for, for the water balloons. Because it's really hard to hit a car with a water balloon. Because it's moving, you know? I, I would have no problem. Well, I'm sure you would. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you you can either go with the toss, you know, and you gotta aim it right, you know. <laughs> the so, arc. Yeah, or you gotta like just fling it hard, you know. And and so there's this one time we were doing it, and uh, we could hear the car from like a half mile away, windows down. It was a Lexus IS three hundred, you know, right when they first came out. Sweet. We could hear the girls singing as loud as they could, you know. And it's just hauling, right? I mean, just absolutely hauling, and. I mean, we had been throwing a bunch of them and missed. 
And so I just decided to just sidearm it, just chuck it, right? Sure enough, chuck it, hits the, uh, the side mirror and sprays through the car. And we just hear them screaming, you know? It's just, just walking sprays through the car. And they like screech to a halt, you know, and we're laughing. And all of a sudden the car coming the other way stops. Lights on. And we were like, oh! and we start booking and their girls are outside the car screaming, no, you know, like some of the cops coming through the neighborhood and we're jumping fences to get back to Josh's house. And yeah, that was a thrill. Yes. A very bad one. And I will, I will say, cause I do know some of our high school kids listen to the podcast. Oh. Don't do that. That is very stupid because if they had gotten into an accident and gotten into one of those trees, I would not be here today. I would be in jail for manslaughter. Well, you might still be here, but you wouldn't be talking about it. No. No. Oh, and I do need to clarify. I have gotten in trouble from our high school youth. So, weeks ago, you were making fun of me about what I was wearing in the high school pool party. And you said, I saw you playing basketball, and I said that I had one knockout. And I have to clarify... I did not win. I got in second. Uh, Hannah won. And she heard the podcast. And she she called me out. I I clarify, Hannah Churchill won knockout. The soccer player. Yeah. Beat you. Well, yeah. In knockout. Do you know why she beat you? Because she's in better shape than I am. Well, that's... Do you know how hard it is to run in a pool over and over and over? No. Yeah, it's hard. I'm not much of a water person. <laughs> As you live on a lake. Hey, listen. This is the reason that she beat you. The reason that you didn't win. Not that she beat you. The reason that you didn't win. You were all restricted with that big old baggy wet shirt. I know. Like, it's like wearing a blanket. I know. <laughs> how could you win? I know. I did. Yeah, I know how hard it is to run in a pool if you're wearing a shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Swim shirt. Yeah. That's what you need. Or, you know, just what normal people do. I don't want to rehash this. I don't want to rehash it. This feels like a marriage where you just bring up stuff from the past and bring up stuff from the past. Yes, I do like to keep records of your wrongs. You do. Mm-hmm. And I you like do. to go back, much like an archaeologist, and uh, dig up. Yeah. Who, who's the archaeologist in your relationship? Yeah, it's interesting. Neither one of us. I would say the same for us. Yeah. Expressed anyway. I'm not saying oh, yeah. it doesn't happen. Um, but neither one of us says, remember that time that you? Yeah. I, oh. Because I, I dated a girl that was like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm not that way. Not that I, I mean, I bring tons of faults into, you know, sure. but I'm not like that. And, and Joe's really not like that. And that's really nice. Yeah. I, there's, ugh, there's nothing, nothing worse than that because you can't, it's a lose, lose. You can't, you can't defend yourself from who, from something you did, a mistake that you made in the past. Well, I make enough mistakes in one day, let alone when you pile on all my mistakes for a lifetime, gosh, I don't stand a chance. Well, I think it probably helps if you keep making the same mistake over and over again that they don't need to bring it up, right? Yeah. 
It's like, hey, remember that time you did that an hour ago? As opposed to, remember that time you did that six months ago? Yeah. yeah. I think we, we have this tendency of harboring, you mm-hmm. know, um, but not necessarily bringing it to the surface. And I think that's just, that's just as dangerous. In fact, it might be worse. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're not communicating, um, but you're harboring or you're holding in oh, yeah. this, this ill will or, you know, I for, for us, I would say, um, you know, full disclosure with us not drinking alcohol, I would say that there's a, a good 99.9% of any kind of disagreement or argument we've ever been in probably revolved around or involved rather alcohol in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to bring up, hey, remember when you did that? When you don't drink alcohol. Because it's like you can't necessarily repeat those those mm-hmm. same things. You might you might have got a little loose in what you said, mm-hmm. um, didn't hold back and you should have, or just got a little biting mm-hmm. and I said something that was just reprehensible, you know? So I think to that to that degree it's that's a very helpful thing at least for for our marriage is that you don't have that oh boy we're going out tonight going out with a group of friends yeah what's going to happen you know this this is yeah i've been i've seen this movie before mm-hmm. so we don't have that which is really really helpful i think yeah 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 but record of wrongs man Whew. keeping that long list mm-hmm. that's 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 a detrimental thing it is it 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 really hurts the relationship. Mm. Before we go more down that path, did you get any more feedback or less? Oh, I got a ton of feedback this from, week, yes. From this week? What about previously? From the, so we met on Tuesday. So yeah. the sermon was Sunday. Yeah. And we met on Tuesday. Since then, had you gotten any more? From the women's one? Yes. No. Oh, Why? <laughs> did you? Did people say something to no. you? No. No, no, but I'm just, you know, like you, you actually spent time with people yeah. outside of, outside of church. Yeah, I didn't get much. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I don't know, <clears throat> looking big picture, not just talking Grace Hill, but looking big, big picture, it's interesting the feminization of the church they've written books on this you know on american christianity and and you know post world war ii what happened was the church really shifted into a a more feminine directed mindset Hmm. ladies were the ones coming to church ladies were you know in the larger numbers post world war ii and um and you know, uh, we you you make comments too. Some of the songs are very, very woman centered, oh. or from a woman perspective, um, and sermons got softer, you know, and and things like that. Um, and so, in our church today, it's just you don't really you don't really poke women a lot. It's just it, it does kind of feel off. More of a more of a progressive <clears throat> church. Um, well, and the sense, majority of preachers are men. Yeah, and men men are harder on men. 
Yeah. You know, so you get these like when it's a man sermon, it's like you're doing this and this and that's wrong, and you need to change. And you need, you know, like and and it's tough. And the women are like, yes, yeah, you know, like, and you know, you you don't you don't ever preach for the applause or for the the um, affirmation, you know. Um, but those sermons get received very well, you know, when when men are the bad guys and men are the problem and men, you know. But yeah, when you start calling out the ladies. Um, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel the same. I I would add to that that society has changed so much that that men and women are are more on equal footing when it comes to like um, there's more similarities in both you know both husband and wife work yeah you know and and that's. The, the 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 typical social norms and and, and societal um, makeup is just completely different than it was fifty oh, yeah. years ago, even twenty thirty years. Yeah, ago. yeah, that too. My uh, my mom stayed home, yeah. you know, for the majority of my childhood, and so you know we were terrified of my dad. That's just the way it was. I mean, if if we were disrespectful to her. She'd say, "Wait till your dad gets home." Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she was home for us to be disrespectful too. If you know what I'm saying, like right. we had more interactions with her mm-hmm. throughout the day um, than than kids probably typically do now yeah. on average because both parents are gone. So, so those things have changed, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. And and so how do you how do you preach? Biblically, um, when so much of the culture is changed, that's yeah. I think that's got to be really tough. And, and for you to stand up and say, um, you know, you be, need to be more nurturing and more supportive, and you need to be, you know, the, the, the caregiver to your kids, and you know that kind of thing. Um, that's I'm not gonna say it falls on deaf ears. But most people are going to say that's just not relevant to me because that's not our life. Right. You know? Well, I think as soon as you get to the submissive, respectful thing, women, I mean, that's that's a big, just that word. Like, hey, you need to be more respectful. And they go, ooh. You know, like, yeah, they bristle a little bit at yeah. that. Um, <clears throat> because, yeah, that's, that's just not a, that's not a, I don't know. That's a, a conversation with some landmines. Okay. So, um, but, you know, talking about marriage this week, you know, that has a lot of landmines too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, you look at the situation we're in in America today, you know, um, that there's no doubt that when you do it God's way, statistically, by every account, by every measure, it, it goes better mm-hmm. um, when you when uh, you have two Bible believing people living a marriage the way God wants them to live, uh, starting it and doing it the way that God wants to do it. You know the statistics are are very good in favor. Um, you know because everybody's like, oh, you know, fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. Well, that's not actually true. Seventy um, percent of first marriages make it only 30% of first marriages end in divorce 
So eighty percent a second in mm-hmm. divorce. Right. I mean. So then you average that out. Right. <laughs> it, it's it's the multiple married people that yeah. are dropping it down to fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is important to to clarify. Um, but then even even there's Christian people that. Um, they stayed married, but they're not happy, and it's not healthy, and it's not good. Uh, and so the the big thing we had to talk about was the contractual marriage. You know, like this is this is the problem, the big problem with marriage in our culture today is people see marriage as a contract, not a covenant. It and they see marriage as a if if you then I, mm-hmm. like I need to see these things. This is what I expect of you. This is how it's supposed to go. Um, my best interest. And, and getting what I want out of the marriage is important. You know, it needs to serve me. If it doesn't serve me and if it doesn't work, mm-hmm. and if I'm not getting what I want, then I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas marriage is supposed to be a covenant when you do it God's way, where it's a, no matter what, I will. And that's what the vows say. Yeah. For better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, mm-hmm. till death do us part, that I have no idea what comes next. But I promise I'll be with you. I'll be by your side, and I will I will put you above me, mm-hmm. and and I will do my part. You know, and and <clears throat> there's that video real popular right now of a, a woman talking about the percentages that you know a marriage is never fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, like some days you walk in the house and you're like, look, I got twenty, I got twenty. Okay, I'll pick up the eighty today. But like it can't always be that way, and, and I think we talked about that before, you know, and, and you know that that's a marriage, that's a covenant. Like, hey, there are going to be days that you are not pulling your weight, where it's not a a, I'm not getting reciprocation of all the things I'm putting into it, um, and that's a covenant. Mm. Is okay, I'll I'll still do my part. Well, and I think if I'm not mistaken, and we might have you might have spoken to this before, but go, going back to that, that video that's been going around, that's when the spouse needs to pick it up and, and do more. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I only got twenty today. Yeah, you know. So I, I that that's when you gotta, and and I, th- I think and it it's, can't always be that way. No, it can't always be that way. But also, I don't know that it. I mean, you you sort of have to read read the room, um, where. You recognize that your spouse has only got twenty, mm-hmm. and you can't wait for them to say, "Hey, this is all I got." You got to just pick up the ball and run. Right. That's the hard thing. Right. That's the hard thing, um, because we need, you know, we have needs. Yeah. You know, and and if we walk in the room, you're like, "Oh man," you know, she's at a twenty, or he's at a twenty, or he's at a ten. I don't have. 90 and me right today yeah what do you do when both of you yeah. are at 20 and i think that's what she talked about is you need to when you you're in that kind of a situation <clears throat> you need to have some stress reducing plans in place mm-hmm. of like okay when when we're in this kind of a mode here's how we operate mm-hmm. you know we we don't get into these topics we don't get it you know like this is not the time to have this conversation you know like <laughs> Um, cause there, there are just some conversations you wait for the right time. We were taking a, a sunset cruise last night and we were trying to work out schedules. I don't even know if it was like this week or today or 
think it was, yeah, maybe in a couple of days. <laughs> My wife goes, I can't do logistics right now. And I think my response was, <sighs> a nice little which is roll. the wrong response. Yeah, she's saying I can't do it. I don't have, yeah, I don't have it in me to talk about logistics right now. Um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I suppose the appropriate response would be like, it's gonna be fine. <clears throat> don't even worry about it. I'll make sure you just take care. Of it. Okay, I'll bring it up in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, give me fair. Let me know when you're ready to talk logistics. Okay. <laughs> See, you even said that was sass. No, I know. I know. No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I'm aware. Okay. I'm aware. Huh. I know what most of most of you people are thinking is that it's going to be a real treat to be married to him. You know? That's what most people think. I think so. It's a real treat. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't even wear his wedding ring on the wedding sermon. Oh, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And so not only that, but then I didn't, I failed to put it on when I got home. Mm. And um, and then Sarah and Kayla came home, and Sarah's like, "Huh, not married today, huh?" I was like, "Oof, boy." When I lost my wedding ring, I don't know if I've told this story. <clears throat> I was driving in St. Louis. Um, uh, I was in seminary. I was heading to my fieldwork church, so you're assigned to a local church to just help out while you're there. Mm-hmm. And it was an ice storm. And I wasn't going to go, but it was like the last Sunday. So they were doing like a big luncheon for all of us, you know, at that church. And so I come over this hill and at the bottom of the hill, there's like 30 cars piled up. And I was like, oh no, hit my brakes, saw exactly why, you know. So I I start fishtailing a little bit. I was like, well, I don't want to pile into that because I had a little Toyota Echo. I knew I would die. Um, So I, I purposefully put it into the guardrail like halfway down the hill, like, and crashed into there. So I wasn't, and sure enough, 30 seconds later, a uh, tanker comes jackknife sliding down and into the pile. And everybody ended up being, I mean, like nobody was injured, you know, it was really slow, you know, but it it was not pleasant. Um, And so anyways, uh, I did not bring gloves with me. So, you know, I'm, I, I tried to climb the, uh, because it was right under a overpass where I crashed. And so I, I was climbing the embankment to get up to the overpass and a, and a friend was gonna pick me up on that street, you know? So I'm climbing up that hill, you know, hand in the snow, climbing out, you know. Uh, I had to wait like 30, 45 minutes. He picks me up, takes me to his apartment. Things start getting better weather-wise. So it's like an hour or two later, <clears throat> Joe comes and meets me at the apartment, walks in the door. First thing she said, where's your ring? That was the first thing she said. Not, how are how you? How are you? Are you okay? You know, like, I, I was I had so a bruise scared. across my stomach. So nervous. Like, first thing she said, where's your ring? And that's, and I, I had not noticed that I, yeah. it was gone. Well, you kind of had some other things on your mind. Right. To be fair. Yeah, my car. And not to mention, yeah. when your hand is like in cold, wet snow, yeah. your fingers shrink. Right. Yeah. And so it just came right off. Yeah. So yeah, we spent the next two weeks, we borrowed a metal detector. Yeah. Every day we were out there looking for that thing. Her mom came down to scan the hill herself and look for it. You were like Schmeagel in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> right. My precious. Yes. And so this is this is number Have two. Have you not seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I've seen Lord of the Rings. I okay, know. just making sure. Yes. I thought maybe we're gonna I have a Star like Lord Wars of the Rings. moment. No. Huh. I do. Yeah. Yeah. 
I need to get one you of You need those. to get one of these. Yeah. I do. I found my other one, by the way. <clears throat> I found my actual one. Because I told you, I, I take my ring off a lot, and I've forgotten it at church. Because my hands swell when I sleep. Yeah. And so I, I'm not used to... These are the best. Yeah, I need to get some. These are the best. Um, you know, like... Ugh. Yeah. What's the significance, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a ring, you know? Yeah. It's on. Yeah. It wasn't the one exchanged, but here it is. It's good. You know? S- signed to all the ladies. Taken. <laughs> Back off. Yeah. You have you to worry get, about you that. You can't have all of this. Yeah. <laughs> you have to worry about that a little more than I do. <laughs> yeah. There. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a catch. Yeah. Because you're up there singing your little love songs. Oh, and man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the the other thing that stuck out to me, um, because everybody in that room has, has got to listen to what you're saying and apply it to themselves in their own situation. That may not be the case every single Sunday, but every married person mm-hmm. um, or engaged person in that room had to be thinking about the, the side-by-side, the back-to-back, right. the face-to-face. Right. Um, analogy that that you used and I think that most people go through phases in their marriage of being side by side oh sure you know different seasons of life back to back yeah face to face well and and I I alluded to it and I've told the story before but you know the first year of our marriage was really bad Mm -hmm. because I had I had lived in an all guys dorm for six years um and Joe and I obviously didn't live together before we were married, you know. But she she had been uh, a nurse, you know, for a couple of years now. She had her own apartment. She, you know, is a very clean person, very organized person. Very, you know, like she she she, she was mature beyond her years. Even when I met her, mm-hmm. that was part of what made me fall in love with her. You know, like I was like, that's a woman. That's not a young lady. That's mm-hmm. a woman. You know, like and. Uh, and so, yeah, like, and we moved into her apartment. I moved into her apartment right after we got married. It wasn't like we got our own new place. You know, like, it was all her stuff. And, like, then you just throw me in. And, I, like, I wasn't putting towels where they were supposed to go. I wasn't doing this. I wasn't doing that. You know, like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember this was probably, like, the first week of marriage. I got out of the shower, and the, the mirror was all fogged up. You know, so I just use my hand and I'm like wiping off the mirror. And she, she comes in and she's like, are you <laughs> wiping down my mirror with, you know, like your hand? At, I just, you know, and I looked at her and said, you mean our mirror? <laughs> oh, she was hot. Oh, she was so hot. And, uh, um, but yeah, like, you know, and I was still in my fourth year of sim mm-hmm. and she was working she was the low man on the totem pole at the at the floor. So she was working days and nights. So she was rotating. So she would do like a Tuesday day, 12-hour shift, and then like have a Friday night. So she was just like a zombie, mm-hmm. you know? And even when she was awake, I mean, it just wasn't good time, mm-hmm. you know? And then I was, you know, that was my last year at SIM. So, you know, I'd have school, then, you know, I'm in intramurals and I'm, you know, hanging out with the guys and all that. And like, we weren't, I wasn't making her a priority. Um, 
uh, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't pulling my weight around the apartment, you know, on, on stuff, you know, and, and, uh, we weren't having, you know, the, the easiest time connecting, you know, cause she would be asleep and she'd be awake and even when, you know, like and all this kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and we really were living back to back. I mean, we just each, we literally, the only thing we had in common was where we were staying, mm-hmm. but there was, there was just no, we were both living independent. And, um, and I, I, I remember also like, um, like, and I've said this before, her dad is like the golden retriever of human beings. He is the sweetest, kindest, most patient, most gentle. I mean, he really is. And so like immediately out of the gate, I'm getting compared to him on everything. Yeah. Like, well, my dad would never, and my dad, and, and it started really causing, cause I was like, yes, I am not your dad. I, I am not as good of a man. I am not as good of a husband. I am not, you know, like, and we just really were at it, you know, all the time. And whenever we were together, like, it just wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And finally it was when, you know, she looked at me and, you know, we were sitting on the couch and she's like, I just, I don't think this is working. And that was when it settled into me, like, oh, this mm. is, this is bad. Yeah. Like, I, I knew we were bickering and fighting and all that, but I had grown up in a home that always bickered and fighted. Yeah. You know, so, and so that was, that was normal to mm-hmm. me. You know, like, I was like, well, this is just what you, you know, and she was like, this is not what I want. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there and thinking, this isn't what I want either. How, how do we make this work? Mm-hmm. You know? And for us, the, the answer was the five love language book mm-hmm. that, that changed our entire marriage because she said, I'm not getting filled up. Mm-hmm. And we did that book. We read that. We took the quizzes. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're not familiar with the book, you know, there's five love languages. The quality, time, physical touch, words of affirmation, uh, gifts, and then acts of service. Mm-hmm. And we took the quiz. Here's like how I like to receive love. But then also we took the quiz the other way. When I want to show you love, I'd rather do this than this. Mm-hmm. Like this says I love you more than this. Yeah. And that was the key. Because what we found was she, her highest was acts of service and wanting to receive. Mm-hmm. And I was a zero in wanting to do acts of service to mm-hmm. say I love you. And I said, that, that has to be the problem. Mm. She's asking me to do the dishes. And then she's going and doing a 12-hour shift mm-hmm. and she gets home and the dishes aren't done. I'm like, honey, the day's not over. You know, it's 11 o'clock at night. I'll do it. I'll do it tonight. Look at that. I still have one hour, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, but to her, that was a giant, I don't love you. Yeah. And to me, it was like a big deal, a, big deal. Who cares? Yeah. You know, I said, I love you. I said, you look beautiful. I missed I, you. I, I, I missed, missed you. you. You're here. Right. Like yeah. I'm a words, I'm a huge words of affirmation. affirmation giver. And you're probably uh, like my assumption is that. Your, your wanting words of affirmation, yeah, and you're wanting you know physical. Most men are physical, touch. physical, yep. right? And physical and words, and words of affirmation, right? Yep. Yeah, that's that's me too. Yeah, and so I'm my I'm bent towards that's how I'm gonna show you love. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Yeah, you know. And and then I was really high in wanting gifts, and she was a zero. <laughs> So like I, and which we learned early on, like I bought her diamond earrings one anniversary. She's like, why'd you do this? Oh, and she was like, how much did you spend on these? Like, 
<laughs> and I was like, well, okay. You're welcome. Right. But I mean, like, but it, it, it's, I get it. Like, if that's a zero for you, it's like, why would, why did you, whereas I'm like, hey, I know it's above the budget and I know I broke a couple but that's things. how much I we, love you. Right. Yeah. Right. And I've learned, like, that's not the way to say I love you. Right. And so that was huge for us. And I would say, and, and, and I'm not, I think your pastor ought to be um, above reproach. I think if my marriage is in shambles, how, who am I to tell other people how to live their marriage? Mm-hmm. And, and Joe and I have a wonderful marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, she's my best friend. I love that girl. Um, she, she is such a good wife and mother. Um, and, and I'm not trying to, I have a lot of faults, but I really, I really, you know, there are times where, you know, she gives me those words of affirmation and I, I know she means it that, you know, I, I try to do a good job as a husband and I, I, I do a good job. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a good husband. I'm a good father. Um, and it doesn't come naturally. I think that's the biggest thing. Like. That's something you have to work at. And that's a daily sucking it up, swallowing your pride, Mm -hmm. swallowing your what about me and Mm -hmm. when do I get what I want? Mm -hmm. Because that was my biggest problem in marriage. And I I would say this. My biggest problem in marriage was um, allowing the two to become one. Like, because I had my own agenda. I had my own things. I had my own. I was pretty, I'm I'm pretty set in my ways guy. Yeah. Like I have my routine that I like and I don't like when it's not done. Mm-hmm. And my biggest challenge in parenting was my selfishness because I am, I'm a very <clears throat> selfish person. And it was like, well, what about me? What about my time? Why my time, I, my yeah. wants, my needs. Yeah. yeah. Like if I could put our kids to sleep at five o'clock every night mm-hmm. and keep them in their rooms, I would. Yeah. Like so that I can do what I want. Yeah. And I have to daily go, that's selfish. Yeah. Your kids need you. They need this time with you. Um, and, and I'm not saying that I don't like spending time with my kids. Right. But I have to daily fight that yeah. of like, hey, I, I'm not first today. Mm-hmm. I am second. Yeah. My family comes first. Yeah. Um, and I have to daily fight that. Um, and it's hard for me. Uh, but I've gotten better at it. And, you know, it, it's, uh, I see... I see the investment working out. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, you know, uh, you can you can tell, um, you can tell by the way that your kids interact with you. Yeah, we have a great, great friendship. Yeah, um, you said something, and I take issue with it, because um, that's really what this is about. Right, airing grievances. <laughs> and you said Festivus. this. I was like... That's a Seinfeld reference. What did you say? Festivus. Oh, Festivus, yes. Yes. He's a strength. Yeah. Yeah. You're a Seinfeld guy. I do know that Festivus... Hey, you sent me something yesterday. I was in the middle. I was recording with Steve. Yeah. But... So I didn't get to circle back. It was a conspiracy shirt. Yes. (laughs) What did it say? (laughs) It said... It was a tally sheet. And so on one side okay. was conspiracy theorists and it had a whole bunch of tally marks and on the other side it had experts and quotations with no tally marks. No tally marks, yeah. yeah. A conspiracy, conspiracy, proven, proven, proven. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Flat earth, man. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I take issue with something you said um, 
not necessarily take issue. No, you're fine. Go. You said marriage is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I totally disagree. It doesn't have to be. I think it's, it, it, it can be right. one of the easiest things we have. You're, you're right. You're right. It, I understand why you're saying that because we make it hard. Yeah. We do. We bring mm-hmm. in our own insecurities. We bring in our own um, uh, selfish wants and wishes and all that. If, if, you, if you do it the way God says, it's easy. Yeah. And, and part of that is dying to self and putting your spouse above you. Yeah. And, um, and then doing what we talked about in the sermon. Um, you are forgiven. You're called to forgive. Yeah. If you're not going to forgive, your marriage is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to love like Christ's love, your marriage is going to be hard. If you're not going to work to be united and be one, your marriage is going to be hard. Yeah. If you do it God's way, if you learn that, that you know, uh, you know, in, in forgiveness we talked about, you know, like uh, if Christ forgave you, he did that. That's a gift to you that he expects you to give to your spouse, mm-hmm. that you would forgive them. Um, if you're running around with a laundry list of, hey, Here's, here's all the things you've done. Here's the things I'm going to punish you for. Here's the ways I'm going to get you back or withdraw or yell at you or keep tabs or, like we said at the very beginning, uh, keeping a record of wrongs, stuff yeah. like that. Love doesn't do that. Like, love forgives. Um, if you want to be a good spouse, then every day you better be waking up saying, I know I'm going to have to forgive him or something today. Yeah. Because that is marriage. Much in the daily way, forgiving the other person. Much in the way that that you're going to do something that you need to be forgiven for. Exactly. And you know the the love that that Jesus deserves, we don't give him. Um, the lives we we lead, you know, it, they don't necessarily reflect him um, every day in every instance. And yet he still loves and he still forgives. And he knows that we're not gonna we're not gonna live up to it. We're not right. going to be him. He knows that. Mm-hmm. And yet he still loves and he still does um, uh, forgive us and bears with us. Yeah. Knowing full well that we're going to let him down every single time. Every day. Every day. And that... And he says, now love your spouse or forgive your, your spouse that way. Yeah. Love your spouse that way. Forgive your spouse that way. Be ready to forgive every day. Every day. Yeah. And, and be ready to not receive anything remotely close to what you're giving. Right. Much as he gives and he does not receive. He doesn't love... Go into it with that spirit yeah. of I'm doing this not to be reciprocated. And, and not in a way like, I know you're going to let me down. Right. But, but more, um, I'm going to love you no matter what. A covenant. A covenant. Like you said. Not right. a contract. It's not a contract. A covenant. Which requires... Yeah. Three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, a covenant is... I'm going to lean on God mm-hmm. to give, to fill the gaps and to, to fill the void so that I'm filled up to do, to be what you need me mm-hmm. to be. I'm not going to rely on you to give me what I need. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I talked about that in the love section. A lot of people give their, the resume of God to their spouse and say, do this, love me completely, fulfill me in every way, mm-hmm. bring joy to me every day. And, and then they get ticked off at their spouse cause they fail. Yeah. And it's like only God can do that. Right. And you're putting that on your spouse. Yeah, your spouse, your spouse is, is not, not the answer to your. And, 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 and so not many your people. God, like and you said. and I I really wanted to get into this, but I didn't because it's such a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. But this idea, this mythical one, the one, you know, in all the Hollywood love stories are about this. You know, there is no one. Mm-hmm. There is no one. 
there is a person that you make a commitment to that says, I'm, I'm going to do this. For better, for worse. For, for better, for worse. For worse. You're not going to fix everything in me. You're not going to complete my life. You're actually probably going to add more stress to my life. Yeah. You're going to add more challenge to my life. But I, I am going to be this for you. And I, I'm going to trust that you're going to be this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, through this, I'm going to see so many important life lessons mm-hmm. that it's not all about me, that I'm not the most important thing. Um, that to, to give is better than to receive. To love is to better than to love yourself. You know, like that. The marriage is a beautiful, healthy thing for you in your maturity of faith. Um, but this idea of the one that's going to complete you and answer every fault of yours and you know fill all the gaps. And no, they're not. Jerry God Maguire. is. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. You, you complete, complete me. me. Shut up. You had me a hello. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, love story. So, you yeah. know, anybody who knows. The human really, head weighs eight pounds. <laughs> Jonathan Lipnicki. Whatever happened to that kid? Is that his name? The, the actor. How do you know that? I don't know. stuck with me. It's a weird name. That's a, okay. Yeah. It's a weird fact to know. <laughs> he was a cute kid. The human head weighs eight pounds. He's a great little actor, wasn't he? Yeah. He was probably 20. <laughs> That's the thing we don't know. Yeah. He wasn't like six. Yeah. He was probably... 16 or something. Yeah. Um, you know, most people who know me, um, beyond just like a casual, a casual relationship or even that, or who listen to this pod know that my first marriage fell apart. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, there were so many things that you touched on Sunday that I've reflected on and, and, mm-hmm. and needed to seek forgiveness for, mm-hmm. um, not just in, in, in my current interactions with my wife, but my first marriage, yeah. you know? And that covenant that I broke yeah. to her and to God. And, and I just think about, like, you know, you can go back and say, well, I was too young, I was immature, I didn't right. really, you know, this. But, but what the reality was is that um, when I wasn't, when there was no reciprocation, mm-hmm. Um, over the course of a number of years, I just kept pulling away, yeah, drawing back, pulling away, drawing back. Um, I filled up my life with my hobbies mm-hmm. and my time. It's like well, you don't want to do that. Okay, great, I'm out. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. Um, certainly did not love in the way that we just referred to. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in a way that that Christ loves us. Um, and forgives us and bears with us and um, yeah that that just that didn't happen I didn't know what love was mm-hmm. at all um, my my first wife uh, was the most stable person I'd ever met mm-hmm. which is what I was attracted to I met her in college mm-hmm. and I was not stable right at all um, that stability was so like I was mind blown. Like this girl doesn't have a care in the world. Mm-hmm. She's happy all the time. How mm-hmm. is she, why is she happy all the time? Joyful, upbeat, positive. Um, there was just something so intriguing to me about that, you know. Mm-hmm. And in just in lots of conversations, then and, and since, what was attractive about me to her was that 
I loved kids and I wanted family and that was important to me. And that's something that was really important to her. Yeah. That stability in her had a solid crack and deterioration um, from the time that we struggled to have kids. Mm. All of a sudden, those dreams, that desire, that plan, she was a real you know, planner, you know, um, that fractured and fell apart and she ceased being that person. She was no longer joyful. She was no longer positive. She was not upbeat. And that was a real issue because mm -hmm. now you have this person that you married, you thought you knew who she yeah. was, you know. Um, you can say for better or for worse in sickness and in health yeah. and go, yeah, it got worse and I didn't honor that for better or worse. Right. She was not well. Yeah. Um, and, and not like she... <laughs> No, I know. She wasn't saying. like sitting in a corner, you know. Right. She was really destroyed by the fact that she wasn't yeah. able to have kids. Um, that by the time, after all the medical intervention and all the talks of adoption and, the, and just the, the depression and, and, and everything else, you know, the ups and downs. And of course, I'm sitting over there saying, well, I wanted kids too. Does anybody care? Yeah. You know, um, after going all through that and the damage and the hurtful things and, you know, me setting up really my own separate life. Mm -hmm. You stay home, you be sad. I'm going to go out and live, you know. Yeah. Um, that when the miracle upon miracles happens, mm -hmm. named Logan, <laughs> we're done. I was checked out, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where you see her start to trend back up. She's like, oh, I have this thing that I've always wanted, you know, mm -hmm. which wasn't me. It was him. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now I have it. And she starts to trend back this way. And I'm like, yeah. we're done here. Um, so many examples of the things that you caution people against mm -hmm. in your message Sunday that, I mean, I just check them off each and every single one of those, mm -hmm. you know, and, and to, to look back now and, and to, to, to say, you know, without, without any reservation that I'll take the majority of the blame there. Mm -hmm. And if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't have done it that way. Right. There's no way. Right. Absolutely not. Um, look no, look no further than in the eyes of my son, mm -hmm. and say, "Did I make the right decision here?" You know, look to my God and say, "Did I make the right decision here?" No, mm -hmm. no. Very, very thankful for, for, the relationship that we're still able to have, mm -hmm. um, for the reconciliation and the and, and the forgiveness offered through that, but also you know to be able to. Um, to have those same conversations with my son so that he understands that you know, dad didn't just make these mistakes and say, well, it's not on me. Right. You know, it's, right. Um, that's, that's an important thing, but a cautionary tale and going back to the divorce rate of the second marriages. Mm -hmm. well, I, I totally get it. I mean, the reason that most second marriages fail is because you know, you're bringing all of the hurts yep. and the damage and mm -hmm. children from that first marriage into the second, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you think it's going to be easier? Right. No. And not only that, but you've already broken that covenant. Mm -hmm. How easy is it to break again? Right. It's like, well, I did it the first time. Right. Yeah. You, you put all that baggage in. the Because I grew up in two households of, you know, and, and it's hard to, to balance all that. And it, I, I mean, I, I take ownership on that as a kid. That I didn't make it easy on my step parents, you know. Um, 
But I, 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 so I have a question for you. Hmm? So like, what would you say now in, in your second marriage? Do you see yourself struggling this in the same ways or like what hmm. lessons did you learn or what, what did you put in place for yourself so you don't fall into those yeah, traps right. again? So just that very definition of love, I'll go back in something that you said in your sermon on Sunday that my cousin said to me mm-hmm. at the tail end of my first marriage, um, where I was sitting across from him at, at Charleston's, mm-hmm. you know, I love Charleston. I know you do. <laughs> I'll never forget. I'll tell you exactly where we're sitting because I was like, you don't get it. She's not this. She doesn't do this. She says this. She's that, you know, mm-hmm. it's all everything that she wasn't doing You're right. or doing that wasn't, you know. And I was like, I got nothing. I got, there's no love. I get, there's no, there's no, I I get, nothing's filling me up. And he's like, well, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. What? He's like, yeah, Jesus fills you up. That's where you should be looking. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I'm talking about my marriage here. Right. It's like, I know. And he said, he goes, do you think my marriage is perfect? (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, it's not. Hmm. And if I try to put all of that, all those expectations and all that weight onto my wife, yeah, it's going to fail. He's mm-hmm. like, my God fills me up. My God's love is enough. Mm-hmm. And I think about that often because in that moment, I just it just didn't, I just couldn't comprehend you know, where he was going with that. Um, I have been extremely guilty in my marriage now of putting all that weight on my wife. I've made her, at times, my God. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that she cannot possibly carry that. No. It is not possible Mm -hmm. because we're human. We're not God. So when I bow down and worship to the God I've made and that God is not a God, that's a real problem. Mm-hmm. So what I'll say, and I've said this to her too, is that, um, and, and not in a backhanded kind of way, but just in a really honest way, that I understand what love is now. And what love is, is giving of yourself in a way that you never would expect to receive. Um, and that's what Christ is calling me to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I do it all the time. I'm not saying I get it right all the no, time. No, no, no. But that, but that is it. I mean, I'm, I'm let down all the time. Yeah. I fail. I stumble. You know, she's not, she's certainly not, um, you know, the, the uh, picture-perfect 50s housewife. You right. know what I mean? Right. And, um, and so that dying to self is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you can truly, truly receive the love that Christ has for you yeah. and know that you're his child and you're his beloved and be filled with that and then not throw those expectations on your spouse, right. um, you're going to be a lot better off. Oh, yeah. And it will be. A lot easier. It will. And I want to add one caveat because mm-hmm. you can't get into all the variables in a 20 minute sermon on Sunday. Yeah. 
I, in no way, shape, or form are we saying should you stay in a bad relationship. Like if if the other person shows you no love, if the other person shows you no forgiveness, if the other person shows you no, you know, like unity and all that, well, I'll just keep doing my part. No, no, that's something to come and talk about. I didn't say divorce. I, mm-hmm. That's something to come talk to, to us about. Because that's not saying like, well, I just have to endure this person doing nothing for, you know, the rest of our lives mm-hmm. and I'll just do my part and they'll do nothing. Mm-hmm. They won't love me. They won't, you know, and especially abuse, you know, anything yeah. like that. Like, come and talk immediately. Um, abuse, call the police immediately. Yeah. Like, um, but, uh, you know, I, what you said, and and I think it's so true in my own life, is the times that I get angry and frustrated with Joe is when I've taken my eyes off Jesus and put him on Joe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, hey, I've had a long day at work, and I come home, and you know what I want? I want her to greet me with a hug and a kiss maybe even a little flirtation mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, a little bit later, you know, like, yeah. like, and I want her to, you know, I, I want, you know, to the kids to all be, you know, in a good spot. Everyone's happy. Everyone's yeah. doing something. I want everything happy. I want her to fulfill me. I want her to, you know, like, and, and I get frustrated when I walk in the house and she's like, you need to talk to your son. He's doing this. Uh, I didn't do this. Hey, we, you know, like we need new tires on the car. Uh, you know, like, I don't know where we're going to get that money from, you know, like all this kind of like, and, it, and I'm just like, well, this isn't fun. Mm-hmm. I want, I want happiness. I want joy. I don't want burden. I, want I don't want affirmation. I want, I, I missed you. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. You're here. I, I don't want your drama. Yeah. I want, I want you to fulfill me. Yeah. And, and I do, I get frustrated and I get selfish and I get angry and I'm like, huh. And it's because I've taken my eyes off Jesus mm-hmm. and put him on her. And put him on yourself. And myself. And right. been like, you fulfill me. You right. fix this. You make me happy. Yeah. And, and that's not her job. And, and then I have to get myself back in check. Yeah. And I always look to the cross. I, that is, that is my one spot where like I get, you know, I stop and I truly reflect like, the Passion of the Christ, I think, is a movie that you should at least watch once a year to just remember what really went down. Yeah. And I, I do. I'll picture scenes from that movie. Yeah. And I'll just sit for like one minute in just solitude of like, that's how much I'm loved. Mm-hmm. Is that I'm that person that he's dying for. My God is dying for me. And then I, I start thinking of things like, Sonny sunny skies and my beautiful family and my house and my church and my, you know, friends and my, look at all the things he's given me. Look at all the ways he, that my wife doesn't have to fill me up. He gives me all kinds of things. He gives me my kids. He gives me my dog. He gives me, you know, like, like it's okay that she needs me to step in Mm -hmm. and, and it's okay for her to not be okay. She doesn't have to put on a smile every day and, you know, be perfect every day. You know, like, do do you know what our wives don't need? What? Another child. Oh, that's... To take yeah. care of. Yeah. Another needy, right. selfish, right. little boy. And and that's hard because I like attention. Yeah. You know? I, I know. We're the same person. I like her attention. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, I, I, for sure. I, I'm the same way. Like, I'll yeah. walk in like, does anybody know I'm here? Do right. you care? Right. Do you care that I was gone? Yeah. It's all that. Um, I... I I sought out counseling, um, this is some years ago, and the, 
the struggle that I was having was I left my profession and went into full-time ministry. My wife's career trajectory was going this way. Okay. Yeah. Going up. We started to, the roles were being reversed in the house. Yeah. And I didn't know how to handle that. Yeah. So I was doing all the things that I thought that I needed to be doing um, to sort of support her in 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 her um, in her career path. Um, manage like a lot of little kids. Um, you know, and, and just shift into another full time mm-hmm. profession of ministry, and I felt discarded or disregarded in a mm-hmm. big way. And I, I'll never forget, I was sitting with this, with, this, uh, with this person. And I was so upset. Anybody who's ever been to counseling or therapy, it depends on the day. You might be having the best day ever. You go sit down, like, how are you feeling? I'm great. And you can walk out and then the next day be like, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, this day, I was not doing well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sat down. And I was just so distraught, so upset, you know. And I was like, I'll say, I give and I give and I give and I give and nothing. Mm-hmm. It's not appreciated. It's not noticed. Um, there's no thank you. There's mm-hmm. no reciprocation. So you know what I'm going to do? I, mean, I was really animated, yeah. dude. I'm going to stop. Yep. I'm just going to stop giving. Yep. <laughs> He's a retired pastor. Mm-hmm. He goes, no, you're not. I was like, yes, I am. I'm done. I'm not going to give anymore. You don't know me. Yeah. You watch, watch. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to continue to do this. He's like, yes, you are. Mm-hmm. You are going to keep giving. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to change in, in that way. And again, my perspective and my view was I was like super dad, super husband, whatever. Yeah. Right. Certainly not the case, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but in that moment, I, I just felt that's just the way it was, you know. And it was great advice because the guy is like, look, if you do that, if you just shut down and stop, you know, kind of like I did the first time around, mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen? Where do you think this is going to go? How do you think this is going to, how's this story going to end? Yeah. You're not going to do that. And in his own way, very calm, very mm-hmm. paced, very quiet. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, and I left, and I was I was upset. I was distraught for some time, but I still hang on to that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and I go through periods of that now. Oh, I do. Maybe even today. Yeah, I'm like, eh, I'm gonna I'm gonna treat treat others like I'm being treated right. versus right. <laughs> treat others the way that I'd like to be treated. You know, um, and I just caution. This is this is what I'll say. Um, don't 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 play that game. No, don't play that game. That's a contract. You made a covenant. You yeah. made a covenant with your God and with your spouse. Yeah. Don't don't start playing downshifting and yeah. making left turns on that. Because it only hurts both of you. And not just you're both hurting of you. yourself. And what what about your what about the little ones you're your kids. responsible yes. for? Yeah. Don't do that. Because I, I, I that's the thing that I expect Joe to give me grace and I I when I'm in a funk, it's because I'm not giving her the grace that I expect her to give me. Mm-hmm. You know, like one of the things that always fries me is, um, you know, I'll, I'll be, like, it'll be a Saturday, right? And I'll need to go in for a couple hours. Because 
things aren't done yet and I need it, you know, so I'm like, all right, I'm going in, nine to noon, be back at lunch, you know, and so like I go in, get a couple things done, come home, and in my mind, it's like family time. Yeah. We're going to do something together. We're going to, you know, like. Going to make up for lost time here. Right. Come on. And, you know, like, you know, both of us will be there and, you know, I'll get a little one-on-one with maybe Hudson outside playing baseball and I'll get a little one-on-one with it, you know, like, you know, and all I've done is said in my own expectation, Joe, I need you to handle everything else so that I can do everything I want to do with each kid and all this kind of stuff. And I'll show up back at the house. She'll be like, okay, I'm going to run to the store. You got the kids, you know, like I, cause I don't want to take all the kids to store this, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I just got home and now you're going to leave. And you know, I get all, I get all pissy yeah. about it. And I'm like, now I can't do this because now I got all four of them and you know, how dare you go and do something you need to do which and is, make me watch the kids. Which is something that she that I just did to her not to for mention, three hours. What she's going to do is something for all of you. Right. <laughs> and I do. I'll get all yeah. pissy about yeah. it. And I'm like, this is not what I expected. This is not what I wanted. Um, and she's like, I, I just need a break. Like, I'm going to go shop. Mm-hmm. I'll be back in an hour. You know, I'm getting groceries for us to eat, you know, and, and I will like my little selfishness heart will be like bitter the whole time. Mm. And I'll be like, well, I didn't have a great time with kids cause I had all four of them. I couldn't, you know, like get some one-on-one and, you know, do some fun things, you know? And, and it's because I'm not, I'm expecting her to show me a lot more grace. Cause she could be like, oh, you're going up to the office. Right, right. While the kids are up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, why didn't you get that done during the week? Oh, you couldn't get done there during the week because you had other stuff going on for work. Right. In the evenings during right. the day. That right. So now you were gone more during the week. Right. And now you got to catch up. And, but I, yeah. it, I, I sh- expect grace from her, and I don't show it, mm-hmm. and and I'm so selfish in that. And I mean, you got to call that out, and you got to fight against it. That you know, on the way home now, like I'm like, look, I'm ready. If she says, hey, I need a, you know, the kids need new shoes. I'm going to do that while they're not with me. Okay, great. Thank you. You know, like, and, but it's not easy. And I fight it every day. And going back to it, um, it may be a good way to, to sum it up. Drew Holcomb says to Ellie Holcomb, two artists, two Christian artists. Well, she is, he's whatever. They're dating, and he said, "Hey, wasn't it like a first date?" Yeah, I'm gonna let you down. I'm gonna mess up. I'm gonna make mistakes. I'm not perfect. And if you think that I'm gonna be, uh, just just know that it's never gonna work that way. There's only one who is. And as much as I can aspire to be more like him, I'm gonna I'm gonna fail. And the one who's perfect is Jesus. And he's the only one who ever is never going to be. So if you're looking for that in me, you know, I'm gonna, it's not going to work. Yeah. And of course, she's like, oh, then I fell madly in love with him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the reality. Yeah. We don't expect sitting here on our soapboxes, right? Mm-hmm. We don't expect that, that you're going to be getting it right. We don't expect that you're not going to make mistakes. We don't expect that you're going to... Yeah. Um, you know, want to play games and harbor resentment, and keep a list and all that. We get, we get all that. Yeah. What are you aspiring to be? Mm-hmm. Can you, can you minimize those? Can you make that the, the infrequent yeah. circumstances, um, the exceptions, not the rule. Can you aspire to love like your 
God loves you. Mm-hmm. And just really pause and think about that. And, and yeah, and I would close it this way for me. The beauty of the gospel is this, that I don't care who you are, I don't care what relationship you're in, if you do what God says, not what Justin's saying, not what Aaron's saying, if you do what God says, there's hope it will be better. Because it is impossible, it is impossible to start walking towards God and not see that change your life some way. If you sit down with your spouse, and I don't care how bad things are right now, and you say, look, this is a contract and we need to start being a covenant mm-hmm. and I'm going to start forgiving you because I'm forgiven. And I'm going to start loving you because I'm loved and I'm going to start being one with you because our God is one and we're going to start and I'm going to pray for supernatural power because this, I don't have, I don't have the ability of love inside of me. I need God to fill me up with love so I can do, I'm going to start praying for this marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start reading my Bible about this marriage. And I'm going to start, you know, really striving to to allow God's word to change me so that our marriage can change. I guarantee you you will see the benefits of that. It is impossible to to um have the Holy Spirit working your marriage and things not get better or bring to light the things that it needs to bring to light. Because yes, if you are in that marriage and that other person is not doing their part, not doing, but you're going to start doing yours and living, it is going to make that so much more clear for you. And that's a conversation that we have at that point of like, what do we do now? Sat with somebody last night and we were talking about his marriage. We were talking about um, different things that will come, come out uh, in this next testimony video. He said something uh in the depths of his own despair and pain and hardship. And that was, he kept crying out to God, change my heart. Mm -hmm. Not heal me supernaturally. Don't necessarily change my, yeah. Don't just fix it. Change my heart. If if you pray for your spouse and you pray for your marriage Mm -hmm. and, and you humbly ask the Lord to change your heart so that you can be a better spouse. Yeah. Watch what happens. Right. And if you don't do that, try it. Watch what happens. Listen to the words he just said. He didn't say, go to prayer and say, God, here's all the things wrong with my husband. Make it right. Right. Change my heart. Change my eyes. Let me see things the way I should be Mm -hmm. seeing it. Like, that's the prayer. Yeah. Change you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good stuff. And next week we get to talk about what I think most men... Uh, there was a stat that I found for this. Uh, I, 70, and I might not have it right. I, I have, I'll have it right for Sunday. 72% of married men say they are unsatisfied with the amount of intimacy in their relationship. 70%, huh? And it's even higher for unmarried men that are like dating or living together. I think it's like 80, 82%, 83% say they're unsatisfied with the amount of intimacy in their relationship. And when you talk about a contractual relationship, mm-hmm. that's a big one. Yeah. Is men, if that need is not getting met, men pull back, men get bitter, men get mm. defensive. Yeah. Um, and that's why we have to talk about it. 
because some men need to chill. Yeah. Some men think they need more of that than they really do mm-hmm. or make a God out of that. Yeah. Or just purely physical out of that. Mm-hmm. And, and some women also need to be challenged that that is not a card to withhold. That is not a manipulation weapon. Yeah. Um, and, and on the flip side, you are worth more than that. And you, you know, right. you are not a That's sanctified just, prostitute either. Right. Like there's both sides. I can't wait to record the next podcast after this message because we're going to be serving with our city. So we'll probably do it live in front of a studio audience full of uh, youth, <laughs> youth age kids, right? Yeah. I'm so like, we, when we are should we say that. Do that? The, the, we're we're going to be on a mission trip for Sunday through Wednesday. Yeah. So the next podcast will probably come out a little late. Probably a little late, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we'll record it to what? Friday morning, probably. Because uh, I'm out on Thursday. I'm taking Thursday off after that. Yeah, probably. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for sharing everything. Oh, yeah. Yep. God bless.